It's Monday, January the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Democrats prepare for another impeachment and Indonesian black boxes found. First, the world in brief. As Democrats girded themselves for a second impeachment of President Donald Trump, two Republican senators, Lisa Murkowski and Pat Toomey, said he should resign. Citigroup, Marriott and several other big American firms, meanwhile, said they would suspend donations to members of Congress who sought to obstruct Joe Biden's confirmation as president-elect. Some of the most visible participants in the Capitol riots were arrested over the weekend. They include the one who wore bison horns and a fur pelt, as well as a Republican elected to West Virginia State Assembly and a retired lieutenant colonel from America's Air Force. The European Union's High Representative for Foreign Affairs, Josep Borrell, called the raid on the Capitol a wake-up call for democracies. Mr Borrell claimed the attack on Congress, which left five people dead, exposed the dangers of allowing democratic values to decay and disinformation to spread on social media. Indonesian authorities located the black boxes of a Sriwijaya Air Boeing 737 that crashed into the Java Sea on Saturday, killing all 62 passengers and crew on board. Human remains and pieces of the plane have been retrieved. The plane was from a previous generation of 737 aircraft, unaffected by the problems that grounded the 737 MAX in 2019. Filings at the Hong Kong Stock Exchange showed that Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan, three American banks, plan to delist 500 Hong Kong-listed structured products to comply with new rules banning Americans from investing in Chinese companies with links to its armed forces. Mr Trump's executive order, which comes into force today, has prompted confusion as to how it should be implemented. Sardir Japarov won Kyrgyzstan's snap presidential election by a landslide. Mr Japarov, a nationalist who became interim president after protests last autumn, having once been imprisoned for rioting at the country's White House in 2010, went to the polls to seek a mandate for a full term. With an accompanying referendum, voters seem to have granted him sweeping powers under a new constitution. Alexander Lukashenko said a new draft constitution will be published by the end of 2021 to help solve the political crisis in Belarus that began when he stole an election last summer and declared himself re-elected as president. The opposition called the idea a sham, claiming it will simply strengthen Mr Lukashenko's hold on power. And Storm Philomena paralysed Spain with its heaviest snowfall in decades, killing at least four people. Parts of central Spain were cut off from the capital Madrid, forcing the Spanish government to send out convoys carrying COVID-19 vaccines and food supplies to remote places. The weather is expected to worsen, with temperatures as low as minus 10 degrees Celsius expected this week. And now, here's today's agenda. Go to Damrung. Impeaching Trump Calls to remove President Donald Trump gained momentum over the weekend. By Sunday, 200 legislators, mostly Democrats, had co-sponsored articles of impeachment charging him with incitement of insurrection. The Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, says that unless Vice President Mike Pence removes Mr Trump under the 25th Amendment, she will press forward with impeachment this week. She previously described Wednesday's storming of the Capitol to stop the congressional electoral vote count as something that would happen in a banana republic. Five people died as a result of the mayhem, including a police officer. Impeachment requires a simple majority in the House. Seven Republicans called on Joe Biden to ask Ms Pelosi to step back in the spirit of healing. 
Mitch McConnell, the Republican Senate leader, said the earliest the Senate trial could begin is January 19th, the day before Mr Biden's inauguration. Regardless, it is unlikely enough Republicans would join Democrats for the two-thirds necessary for conviction. A TD Sun The Stanford Fraud Top spot on the list of Ponzi schemers belongs to Bernie Madoff. Less famous, but almost as ambitious in his fraudulence, was Alan Stanford. A flamboyant Texan based in Antigua, Mr Stanford used an offshore bank and other companies to bilk 21,000 victims out of an estimated $7 billion. Convicted in America in 2012, he is serving a 110-year sentence. Despite years of effort, liquidators have recovered only around 10% of the missing money. So, they are targeting the crook's alleged enablers. In a civil trial starting today in Ontario, they are seeking up to $4.5 billion in damages from Canada's TD Bank. The lender provided Mr Stanford's offshore bank with a correspondent account that linked it to international markets and through which $10 billion flowed. TD, the liquidators argue, did insufficient due diligence despite numerous red flags. The bank denies this, insisting its scrutiny was appropriate. Other international banks that dealt with Mr Stanford, including HSBC, are watching closely. Shrouded in Mystery Another Boeing crashes. Air crash investigators are scrambling to understand Indonesia's latest aviation disaster. On Saturday, Sriwijaya Air's Flight 182, an aging Boeing 737 Classic, crashed into the Java Sea just four minutes after leaving Jakarta. Data from Flight Radar 24, an air traffic tracking website, suggests that the jet plunged 3,000 metres in 20 seconds. Such rapid descents rarely occur in crashes involving engine failure, pilot disorientation or extreme weather. They are more suggestive of a sudden, catastrophic onboard event. Suspicion will fall on the country's poor safety culture. At least 650 people have died in Indonesian air disasters since 2014. Lax maintenance is often blamed. Yet Flight 182 was not flying high enough to suffer an explosive decompression due to faulty components. Others suspect terrorism. What is clear is that the crash was not caused by the design flaw that led to the grounding of Boeing's 737 MAX in 2019. This jet was an older generation 737 with different flight control systems. Deflating expectations Chinese inflation China's consumer price index moved back into positive territory for December after a surprise decline a month earlier. CPI rose to 0.2% year-on-year from minus 0.5% in November, the first negative reading since 2009. Weak consumer demand, along with a stronger-than-expected supply of pork after a swine flu outbreak last year, are thought to have accounted for that decline. But, with food prices recovering last month, the CPI beat expectations. Analysts had only expected a slight improvement to between minus 0.3 and 0% in December. Low inflation and deflation have given the People's Bank of China ample room to keep monetary conditions loose. The central bank has continued to inject liquidity into the financial system. But a steady rise in inflation could lead to some tightening later in the year. COVID-19 in the Philippines Protecting the President The Philippine Senate began an inquiry today into the national programme of COVID-19 vaccinations envisaged by President Rodrigo Duterte's government. 
Opposition senators wish to know in particular why, before inoculation of any other Filipino was authorised, a vaccine smuggled in from China was administered to presidential bodyguards and, it is alleged, to almost 100,000 Chinese working in the Philippines, most in casinos where gamblers in China can bet online. Mr Duterte has ordered his bodyguards to snub the Senate inquiry. But a cover-up may weaken the president more than coming clean, if public opinion proves less indulgent of the vaccine scandal than of his bloodthirsty campaign against illegal drugs. By law, Mr Duterte's term as president is not renewable, but many of his supporters in Congress are soon up for re-election. If Mr Duterte's popularity crumbles, they are unlikely to risk their own popularity by shoring up the outgoing president. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alexander Hamilton, who was born on this day in 1755. When the sword is once drawn, the passions of men observe no bounds of moderation. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 